Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 161 of The Informed Catholic. We're going to do the readings for the 26th Sunday of Ordinary Time. So if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share to the podcast. It would be a great help. So let's begin with the opening prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. And now we go to the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, let's begin. And the first reading is from the book of Numbers, chapter 11, verse 25 to 29. Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. A reading from the book of Numbers. The Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. Taking some of the spirit that was on Moses, the Lord bestowed it on the seventy elders. And as the spirit came to rest on them, they prophesied. Now two men, one named Eldad and the other Medad, were not in the gathering, but had been left in the camp. They too had been on the list, but had not gone out to the tent. Yet the Spirit came to rest on them also, and they prophesied in the camp. So, when a young man quickly told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp, Joshua, son of Nun, who, was, who from his youth had been Moses' Aid said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses answered him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on them all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, one more time. The Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses, taking some of the spirit that was on Moses. The Lord bestowed it on the seventy elders, and as the Spirit came down to rest on them, they prophesied. Now two men, one named Eldad and the other Madad, were not in the gathering but had been left in the camp.
They too had been on the list, but had not gone out to the, to the tent, yet the Spirit came to rest on them. Also, and the spirit came to rest on them also, and they prophesied in the in the camp. So when a young man quickly told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who from his youth had been Moses' aide, said, Moses, my lord, stop them. But Moses answered him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on them all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, um, this is very interesting when when you uh, look at this. In a sense, you have to ask yourself, are all Christians, all Christians who are baptized in the sacrament of baptism, who, are, uh, who receive the body and blood of the Lord, uh, the Eucharist, who are confirmed, uh, you know, sealed in the in the an anointing of, of oil on the day of con confirmation. Are we all prophets to some extent? Uh, I mean, maybe not all of us, because obviously not all of us uh, view or practice the faith on the uh, the same way. But question is, can I mean maybe? some of us to some extent i mean we have to ask that question because we you know ask yourself if every catholic if not all christians had a great love for the faith and i'm talking about all of god's people from down from the pope down to cardinals bishops monsignors uh, deacons, you know, uh, people within the, the, you know, holy orders, religious, down to the newborn baby baptized. What, what a wonder you think to yourself, the faith would be. Maybe would there be more miracles? Would be, would there be more healings? Would it be a paradise on earth? Would it be like a garden even? You wonder. You want, you ask yourself, how much could we have missed if we have all truly tried to be holy? If uh, Catholics or Christians and all, maybe even all, did not, pra even the Orthodox, did not practice abortion or contraception, did not uh, allow, uh, permit themselves to, to undermine the faith like the way politicians do. What a what a wonder! Because it's it's often been said by a, a pope, the e all the evils in the world is because of bad Catholics. You can you can say it's because of bad Christians. Right? I mean, you have to think about it. If we all really trusted God, permitted ourselves to to trust in the Holy Spirit, what a great miracle the faith would be. I mean, what, what a great life, what a great world it would be if all Christians, you know, try to be saints, really allow themselves to be saints. Okay, let's move on to the next, uh, to, the, to the psalm. Psalm 19, the responses 
The precepts of the, the precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trust, trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. Though your servant is careful of them, very diligent in keeping them, yet who can detect failings? Cleanse me from my unknown faults. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. From wanton sin especially restrain your servant. Let it not rule over time, over me. Let it not rule over me. Then shall I be blameless and innocent of serious sin. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. Though your servant is careful of them, very diligent in keeping them, yet who can detect failings? Cleanse me from my unknown faults. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. From wanton sins, especially restrain your servant. Let it not rule over me. Then shall I be blameless and innocent of serious sin. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. So I've been, uh, I started practicing the liturgy, the hours. The last podcast I put out is the evening prayer for Friday. And I, I like it. I think, I think it's beautiful. And one of the interesting things, I've been listening to a new YouTube channel called The Jewish Catholic by this young man named Daniel. Uh, he lives in Japan. He, uh, he works in Japan. Uh, he's actually of um, uh, Hispanic origins. I think his family might be originally from Spain and they moved to South America. But he is of Jewish descent. He's of uh, Sephardic Jewish descent, I believe. And I've been learning a lot, a lot from him. And especially since, interesting, in the temple, they had choirs that would chant the Psalms and they would probably do it all day long, every day, like morning, um, midday, maybe mid morning, maybe mid evening. They would have a, a large choir, um, choir orders of choir, uh, chanted the ones who would say the prayers and chant the Psalms. And that's this. And technically that was part of Jewish tradition. They had their own, uh, practice of liturgy of the hours, where um, uh, breviary we call it, and originally it's called breviary, and they would pray the psalms, and people, uh, the lay people, did something similar. We see that in the New Testament. Even our Lord, when he get up early in the morning, he would go out to pray, and he would go find a place where he would probably, I'm sure, pray it with his. With his with his disciples, he would pray the the psalms. They would have a set prayer of psalms that they would recite. And most people, of course, probably maybe they didn't have uh, great reading skills, but they had a good memory, and they would recite the traditional prayers. And we at we as Christians, both Catholic and Orthodox, have adopted it 
in the uh, Anglican Church, the Protestant Church of England, they had something called uh, the Book of Common Prayer. And we, we as Christians have adopted. And I think it's great if all our brothers and sisters would immerse themselves. We, I've always believed we should create a culture of prayer, a culture of prayer where we all would learn how to pray uh, the scriptures, the Psalms together. And in a sense that I believe we don't, don't just do it, but memorize it, study it, immerse yourself in it, mm-hmm. learn to make it part of your daily life. I think it should be done. I think it needs to be done. Um, I think it's a great idea. All right, let's move on to the second reading. Okay, a reading from the letter of St. James, chapter 5, verse 1 to 6. Your wealth has rotted away. A reading from the letter of St. James. Come now, you rich, weep and wail over your impending miseries. Your wealth has rotted away. Your clothes have become moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and that carousel will be a testimony against you. It will devour your flesh like a fire. You have stored up treasure for the last days. Behold, the wages you withheld from the workers who harvested your fields, crying aloud, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on earth in luxury, and pleasure you have fattened your heart for the day of slaughter you have condemned you have murdered the righteous one he offers you no resistance and word of the lord thanks be to god this is an interesting reading there's nothing evil about being rich or wealthy. There is only that the, it's that the love of money is not that money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money. And what is money? Money is power. The power of, of buying things, buying goods, controlling goods, uh, the power, the power to control land, uh, it, to buy useful things, to buy useless things, uh, to indulge yourself in in good food, indulge yourself maybe in bad things. Obviously, like you know, one can buy uh, the company of a prostitute. You can buy sex. You can buy entertainment, and you know, obviously, that's abuse of money. As much as money, the control of things, like I have the the goods that you need. I control the land that produces those goods. Obviously, others don't have it, and so they have to buy it from me. So I have what you need, right? That's basically money is to buy an exchange of goods. But... There are those who don't really realize, who don't, who don't see or understand that the money and the control of wealth has, has control over them. They don't control it. They may possess it, but it controls them. It possesses them even more. 
And a lot of times it, it opens up a door of greed, of envy. Sometimes uh, the wealthy develop an envy or an anger towards people who envy them more. Because they have it, they begin to fear the masses. They begin to fear the poor. And they like the influence. They like the power that they have over people. In many ways, you wonder, is it really the money that they have or is the power they have over people? And it's an abuse. It's, it's a, a, an abuse of power. It's also a violation of neighbor. Yeah, sometimes they don't pay. You know, you hear about uh, underpaid workers. Um, you hear about people who are who have, um, you know, work long hours. I mean, I know, I know the feeling of working many hours. I know the feeling of standing on your feet. And I often see. I I work in a place where a cultural institution, and I see um, money, the power of money. The influence of money. There are a lot of people who give to cultural institutions, museums especially, um, and they like that. It's funny in the show The Chosen, Jonathan Rumi playing the role of Jesus. There was a scene where he, a little girl, was asking him what he was doing. He was making a design like a plaque of flowers, and it was some rich, rich people, people with wealthy people, love beautiful, exquisite designs. It's a sign of wealth. Art, having beautiful paintings in your home, in your home sculptures, uh, you know, um, beautiful designs on the walls is a sign of wealth. People, when they have money, they want beautiful things. They want to be surrounded by beautiful things. Maybe it's a way of, of uh, softening what they feel is the ugliness of their business. Who knows? There are psychological things. Some people are always constantly um, you know, surrounded by that. The question is, why does God bless some people with wealth and others he doesn't? What is it about wealth that some people are so desperate about? And does money solve all the problems? It solves some of the problems, but it doesn't solve everything. And is everyone doomed to greed, avarice, envy when we have a lot of, when we have property and money? Are we all doomed? Does money, are we all doomed to be changed by money? Are we all that weak? And yet the question is, why? Why do some people get blessed with wealth and others don't? God himself knows the answer. God knows him, God himself knows the answer to that. And it's hard. I mean, should we pray, pray to God to in a sense, not let money change us. Not, 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 
not to not let ourselves fall into the sin and abuse of wealth, abuse of money. Like a person who has money. I mean, when a person goes out and a man goes out and gets and, and rents a prostitute, it's not love. It's pleasure. It's paying to use the other person's body. And it's 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 a it's it's a violation of of chastity, of purity, a violation of neighbor. It's reducing the other person into an object, a beast to be used. It's very dangerous. And it's obviously we all fall, we all fall to some kind of sin. Gluttony, vanity, avarice. Some people, no matter how much money they have, they fear poor people. And they begin to hate the presence of middle class or poor people. Some rich people even go to the point where they want to cut the population of the world so they don't have to see the people around them. They don't have to see the poverty. They don't have to see the suffering. They don't have to see the people in need. And that's what happens. Maybe it's in some cases we do have the answer, but we just, we're still in denial of it. I mean, Jesus himself said, it's easy for a camel to go to the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Is it is everyone doomed if we have wealth? It's difficult. Wow. Maybe if one is blessed with wealth, one should not live like a wealthy person. Do you really need that big mansion? Do you really need all those bathrooms? Do you really need all those bedrooms? Do you really need all that space? Do you have to buy a ridiculously large, uh, expensive car? I mean, if, you know, do we really need that? Do you really need that ridiculous large swimming pool? You don't. Do you have to have four or five serpents in the household just because you have money? Do you need it? Do you have to buy all those shoes? Do you really need five, 15 new uh, cars? What are you going to do with all of them? Although a hundred suits and a hundred shoes, uh, 200 watches. Do you really need them? Do you need five, 15 homes? It's, 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 you know, think about it. You didn't need it before. Now that you got the money, why do you need it now? It's ridiculous. It's because you, it's buying things makes people happy. But after you buy it, are you still happy? Only in God will you find your true ultimate happiness. The wealth may perhaps, maybe the answer is that God knows that possession of things, the wealth of things will get in the way between you and him. And he knows you, he knows us better that we know ourselves. Money is a test. Will it control you? Or will, oh, can you master it? It's like God said that to Cain, sin is at the door crouching like a wild animal. Master it or it will master you.
Okay, let's move on. Alleluia, alleluia. Your word, Lord, is truth. Consecrate us in the truth. Alleluia, alleluia. Whoever is not against us is for us. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. It's from chapter 9, verse 38 to 43, 45, 47, and 48. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. At the same time, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he did not follow us. Jesus replied, Do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak, speak evil or ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever calls one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were to drown into, thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna. Where the, their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I think that uh, some of these words have fallen on deaf ears. I mean, uh, the Lord saw it coming. It's sad. There was a report, a spotlight report on church militant. On these bishops, uh, seem like a a, t a group of uh, really uh, old homosexual um, deviants, and it's sad. It's sad. It is unbelievably sad. And yet, at the same time, you can point to to the Novus Ordo part of the church, the, uh, the liberal part of the church, whatever you want to call it. But then you also have in, uh, in some of the, the, the traditional Latin mass groups, sexual abuses too, as well. So it's not just on, on, on the liberal side, the sin is on both sides. Because, you know, you got to remember, you know, just because something is very extremely conservative, because a lot of times I've noticed something about the, the traditional Latin mass, and I'm not against them. Trust me, I am not against them. I, I truly believe that we need to get back to a, a, a more conservative structure. I, 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 I love the Latin mass, but at the same time, I do prefer the, um, the, the cycle of readings we have because we got more scripture and I, and I love more. I love to have more scripture in my liturgy, more variation. I think we should have it. I just think the problem is, is that we're living in a time where the devil is making us point to 
conservative and liberal within the church when the sin of sodomy and the sin of sexual perversion is in both ends of the church. And I think the problem is, is because why is the devil doing this? Because he doesn't want saints. He doesn't want saints. He doesn't want Catholic saints. He doesn't want, he doesn't want this holy church. He knows how to do it because we're living in a highly sexually charged society. And you can see it in the young people. You can see it in our society. I mean, I just was watching a, a, a YouTube video of young traditional, traditional Catholics and they're, you know, making rallies, protesting abortion. And they're getting attacked by people getting the middle finger flipped on them and getting people cursing them out. And, and some people saying, yeah, I love killing babies in the womb. And there was this young woman with orange hair with a, a musical instrument blowing them and she's acting completely mad. And she, she's cursing them out. She's, she's using profanity like you wouldn't believe it. And her 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 protests and her support uh, against these conservatives because they're protesting abortion, and her support for abortion is almost to the level of heathenism. She's 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 heathenistic. She's crazy. And we live in a highly sexed charged society. The more people become more highly sexual, the more they hate themselves more. And the more, I mean, I mean, think about it. What is abortion? But to pick up where birth control fails. And what is the purpose of birth control and abortion? For a reckless sexual lifestyle. Some people will say it's all about life and death. Well, yeah, it's life and death because what you know someone doesn't want a baby and then you got people who who use abortion and 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 who use it say well you know it's better than having unwanted children around and that's what one man was saying and the other factor of the whole thing really so which ones are the unwanted is it the white kids white babies is it black babies is it Asian babies? Is it brown Latino babies? Is it Middle Eastern babies? Is it South Indian babies? Which is it? Which one? Which ones do you you don't want around? Ask yourself that question. If this is what you believe, but they say, "Well, I can't say." You don't want to say. There's a lot of people who are population control people, who are true racist, true. Nazi uh, eugenics people hiding behind the population control. Rich people have a very interesting way of looking at the world. When they're very rich, we were just talking about earlier, extremely wealthy, they begin to feel very threatened by those who don't have their wealth. When the rich look out in the world, powerful people, rich, powerful people, they don't see the world. They see themselves in the world. They prefer to see themselves. When they look out into the world, when the ones who are in power, that's what they see. They see themselves. They want to see more of themselves and they want to see less of you and me because the wealth has gotten so deep into their soul 
they can't picture anything else. They don't want to see anything else. They see their, they see their reflection. To see the rest of the world would demand a change in themselves. Power, power means control. And the more power they have, the more control they want. But they want control of other people so they don't have to look at themselves. They, they, want, they want to change the world because they want the world to look like them, but they, don't, they, but they want it to look like the way they want it and they don't want to see the, their sins in their soul. That's why it is easy for a, man, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the more indulgent, the more indulgent they have, the more sexual pleasures they have, the more food they have, the more wine they have, and the more they mingle with more people like themselves who reflect their own attitude. There you have it. They look at the world, they see themselves, they want to see more of themselves. They want to see less of you and me. Now, wealth, like I said, is not the problem. Money is not the problem. It's the love of it. The love of it is their problem. And that's where it is. That's why it's, it's true. Money can change you. And when you change, you have power. You have no more need to change spiritually. You have no more need of anything else. You want more of it for yourself. You want, you like the, the pleasures you have. All right. Well, let's move on to the closing prayer. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and become man. For our sake he was crucified unto Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. He rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. All right, folks, thank you for uh, for this moment. Um, please subscribe and share. Um, it would help my podcast to grow. I have a very meager, small audience. Uh, I'm not like the other podcasters I don't have. I wish I could produce uh, more and better content um, to, to help because I really want to help the faith to grow. I'm trying to do my part to change things, to change the way things are. And I truly believe um, it's that we need to produce more of a culture of prayer. 
we need to produce a more holy culture, not a self-righteous culture, but a holy culture that reflects Christ, you know, not stuck up, haughty people, self-righteous people. I don't believe in that. I believe that we need to be true Christians and be humble every single moment. And you know, share the gospel with people, share the gospel with, with everyone, but be humble at the same time. Nice self-righteous. All right. Um, thank you very much. And, uh, I'll see you guys soon. Okay. God bless.